Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Is this thing on? There you are, dear listeners. How are you? Welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra. It's where we read your emails. It's where we do a bit of LGBTQ plus news. We discuss topic of the week. This week, it's a hot topic. We do a bit of agony uncling. We do some culture club where we hear about what you've been reading, what you've been listening to. And I'll be calling stand-up comic Rosie Wilby with a quick question. She's very funny. We love hearing from you. So please remember to email your comments, your questions and your agony uncles to hello at homosapienspodcast.com or you can get in touch with us on Instagram at homosapiens or on Facebook at homosapienspodcast.com. If you want to win a t-shirt, go and leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app for us and I'll pick a winner each time we do Homo Sapiens Extra. Or you can buy one at everpress.com forward slash homosapiens. But firstly, what did you all think of our interview with Amru al Kadi? If you've missed it, you can go and listen to it because it'll still be available on your feed. So many people wrote such lovely things in the comments um, about them and their honesty and how lovely and warm Amru is. So that was nice to see that you guys felt what we felt. So that's a summary, but I think it's time to head over for some emails, don't you? And the first email we've got here is from Nora in Massachusetts. Hello, International. Subject heading, thanks for getting me through 2020 thus far. Hello, gentlemen. I just wanted to say thank you for all the loveliness that your podcast puts out into the world. I found Homo sapiens near the beginning of quarantine after going down my own Alan Cumming-themed internet wormhole. We love a wormhole. It seems so rare to hear such thoughtful discussions these days. Thank you. We try to be thoughtful. And as pathetic as it is, it's also very nice to hear accents that aren't American because I'm so sick of this country right now. Hey, Nora, I get it. But listen, you've got Biden. We're going to be okay. As a young queer person, even living in a very liberal area, it can be difficult during a pandemic to find representation out in the real world because social life is obviously so limited. Couldn't agree more, Nora. And we like that we are a refuge for you. And many people have written in saying that as well. In these times when we can't get together in physical spaces, come to Homo Sapiens. You'll get a bit of chatter. You might get a vegan chicken recipe, chicken pie recipe coming up later. But, you know keep listening to get that i was sitting outside at my local queer coffee shop a few weeks ago and i'm almost certain i heard someone talking about the podcast he seemed to be very complimentary of it and was explaining the format to a friend who was trying to start a podcast i love that it was thrilling to know that at least two of us here in western massachusetts know about this magical podcast stay safe and healthy and keep being incredible nora thank you so much for that thank you so much for alerting us to the fact that we are the chatter, the talk of local queer coffee shops. Very exciting. Who, who is the person doing the podcast? Please write in. Let us know who you are. Happy to give tips on how to do a podcast. 
remain disorganized would be my um, headline piece of advice. Next one is from L. Dear Alan and Christopher, I love your podcast. It makes me feel like part of a queer community, if only as a listener. No, you're more than that, L. You're the whole shebang. I'm a bisexual man in a long-term hetero relationship and mostly in the closet. I've only come out to my dearest friend, so your podcast is a lifeline for me. Wow. What an honour to be a lifeline. COVID has me missing the dance floor so much. No, so, so much. One day I would love to dance in club coming. It will happen again, L. Trust me. That Alan, he's going to make sure of it. Now, bit of news for you people. Should we have some news? Should we have some LGBTQ plus news? It's a serious one, this. So Amnesty International got in touch. We are fans. They got in touch to talk to us about a situation in Turkey. They've got a campaign to help two students, um, Malike and Ozgu. They've sent me a little press release. So from day one, biology students Malike Balkan and Ozgu Gur, apologies if I'm getting your pronunciations wrong, guys, dedicated themselves to defending LGBTI plus rights at their university in Ankara. This included a peaceful pride sit-in to replace the annual Pride March banned from campus. Despite simply exercising their right to peaceful process, Malike Ozgur and others in the LGBTI solidarity group now face trial and if found guilty, they face up to three years in prison. We need to use our power with support from all over the world. These pride defenders could be acquitted. Organising pride is not a crime. We cannot let hate win. So, listeners, what they are asking for us all to do is please head to amnesty.org.uk forward slash right dash for dash rights. We're going to do a social post about this as well, where you can send an email to the Turkish authorities demanding the students acquittal. It's only a few days until they go on trial and Turkey needs to know the world is watching. So go to amnesty.org.uk forward slash right dash for dash rights. And let's give these guys some help because they need it. So, topic of the week. Does marriage mean monogamy in queer relationships? We did a poll. The question I asked on Instagram was, monogamy in queer relationships, is it overrated? 45% of you said, hell yes, it is overrated. 55% of you said, no way is it overrated. So, pretty even split there, but we've definitely um, mobilised the troops, I would say, to use an army analogy. Not many of those on Homo sapiens normally. Let's go to an email first from Simon from Cumbria. Simon says, I suppose I find myself in rather a minority and wondering why, as a community, we wanted to follow this heteronormative process, referring to marriage, that really only brings us into line. Gosh, I may have lost more friends with that one. But really, if you want a legal contract, then that's something else. As to monogamy, I suppose I'm more conservative. I'm not sure if you have committed your life to be with another person, why you need to be with someone else. It's hard being in a relationship, but if it's easier to have other relationships than commit to one person, what's the point of the relationship at all? That's just my view. And a valid view it is, Simon. Also, I should probably clarify what heteronormative means, because it's this word that's thrown around and might not know what it is um heteronormative means i suppose queer people following the model of heterosexual relationships and it's often used as a kind of detrimental description to say that we sort of try and fall into line with heterosexual relationships or heterosexual ways of doing things in order to become more palatable to heterosexual people and 
you know people say it's linked to discrimination that like queer people if they just ended up behaving like a version of straightness that would be better and a lot of people feel very strongly that actually we are different and we have our own way to make up our own rules um yeah you know i see it i certainly notice in myself when i was younger like i think i've spoken about this before but i remember saying when i came out that like i'd just be normal i'd just be like a normal gay but i'd be normal still and actually that was a sort of internalized shame thing of like trying to make myself palatable and I think that actually, you know what, you work out your own rules and you work out who you want to be and um, normative or not normative. And that's the hardest thing. And it takes a long time. Um, we've got a voice note here from Silver Foxter. I think that monogamy is a heteronormative construct and I think is seen as an ideal goal to aim for. Many gay couples put pressure on themselves to stay monogamous, believing that it will bring ultimate happiness and to fit in with other couples and society in general. As a man who has come out after being married to a woman and being in a monogamous relationship for nearly 20 years, I know the comfort and security that monogamy can bring. But since coming out and seeing relationships through the gay lens, it seems that for a lot of gay relationships to survive and thrive, a certain amount of openness is required. And I've seen how going open has improved relationships. My current partner and I started out open, and two years later, we are still very, very happy to establish trust in our relationship from the word go. And any healthy relationship is built on trust and open communication between partners. Hmm. I mean, what we're talking about there is communication. That is so important. And I think something you are just simply not taught enough about like they should teach it in schools people need to be upfront about what it is that they want what's really hard in relationships is finding the time or the space to have those kinds of conversations because they're really tricky and by broaching certain issues in relationships you can be really worried that if you bring it up they're going to leave you guilty your honor so we don't talk about it that can be a contributing factor as to why people do things behind each other's back because it's easier than discussing it. And what Silver Foxter is saying is you just got to talk about it and be upfront. And I think whether that's monogamy or anything else, I think is very, very sage advice. Um, this one's from Jojo. Now, Jojo is a bisexual woman looking to transition away from monogamy. Hello, Chris. I'm a bisexual woman married to a man who's straight and during lockdown I've definitely felt the need to be non-monogamous we're currently monogamous uh, and I think I definitely need the other needs met that can't be met in being with just one guy so yeah when when lockdown lifts we're gonna take the first steps at opening up the marriage and yeah I see it as a real important thing to affirm me and my queerness and to be actively part of the queer community and to kind of not feel erased as a bisexual person in a seemingly heterosexual marriage. So, yeah, so I think it's definitely an important thing to do. Love your work. Thanks. Funny, isn't it, that lockdown has given people a lot of pause for thought. A lot of people are assessing what they want from their life. And what sounds great about what Jojo is saying 
is she's being allowed to evolve within her relationship and she's been able to have like an open conversation with her partner about that. After lockdown, she's going to open up her relationship. I mean, she must be watching those Boris updates with the extra, extra interest. Person with the best bloody name ever, Baptiste Bourgognon. What do you think of the French accent there? Dear Chris and Alan, my husband and I have been together for 16 years and six years ago we adopted the most beautiful two boys. Ah, congratulations. One would think our relationship is heteronormative, but we are also polyamorous. What I find interesting is that we were monogamous for 14 years and never struggled with that. Our love and sex life has always evolved and changed through the years and it naturally became non-monogamous. One of the reasons why I think it works so well for us is because we communicate very well. There are no secrets. We date people together and separately. We use our secondary relationships to explore things that are different. For some reason, I enjoy being submissive with my husband, while others, I'm very domineering. I also think that compassion is key in an open relationship. It's about feeling happiness because of the happiness of another person. That's a lovely way of putting it. A big thing in threesomes is about feeling happiness because of the happiness of another person. Hmm. Interesting to know. As someone who's never had a threesome. Um, I nearly had one. I can't remember if I've told this story. It sort of, two people started in front of me and I kind of said, I don't want to do this. I actually said the line, I think you've got the wrong end of the stick, which was, I mean, a choice words. Anyway, I do believe that monogamy is possible and can be the right thing for some couples, but I do think that it is overrated. Haven't we all met countless couples who cheat on each other or stay together unhappy? If only people were more open. It should be about each couple defining their own relationship and discovering what they like and not about following traditions and cultural codes. Fascinating, 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 Baptiste. Interesting that they have developed over the years and become something else because I think I think it's really important to remember is that a relationship changes over the years and you should always be trying to keep up to date with what it is and what it's becoming and is everybody still happy and I remember my friend's mum saying that they used to say every year on their wedding anniversary we don't have to carry on doing this if you don't want to you're always you can leave whenever you want how do you feel it's going and I think that it was a really healthy way of just giving someone the space to say I actually want to change this or I want to do that you know I want to do things differently and there's something about marriage in particular, but also just committing in a relationship that is this idea that you are therefore saying what the future will hold. I know that we will be together because it gives me some certainty. If COVID has proved anything, none of us know what's going to happen in the future. So you just got to keep talking. A couple more voice notes for you. Lisa. Hi, Chris. Hi, Alan. I would say that any relationship can make its own rules, whether it's LGBTIQ or a straight relationship. The relationship only has to work for the people that it involves. I think where the problem occurs is when discussions are not had between the people and their understanding of what monogamy is or is not. There's so many assumptions made around monogamy and we should not assume that monogamy means the same thing to all people. I'm actually quite pro-consensual non-monogamy if that's what people want as long as like all the people involved in the arrangement are happy with it then I don't think there's any problem at all where things are not talked about and not understood and not expressed then I think that's where problems with monogamy or non-monogamy come out talk to your partner partners whatever kind of relationship you're in 
be open. Love it. So many good points in there. Now, let me find Johnny. Johnny is a big fan of monogamy. Hello, Chris and Homo sapiens. This is John Colin from up in Perthshire. I think it's a brilliant question and it's one that goes back and forth and has done for quite a while. For me, though, it, it's all about the monogamy. I have always been of the opinion that, that that's how I want to be. Um, if I have somebody, then that person uh, is the person that I chose to be with me and, and vice versa. I have experienced in the past an open relationship and it just didn't work. But I don't think it's for us to decide what is right and what is wrong uh, for LGBTQIA people in general. I think it's more right that people decide for themselves. Uh, for me, I'm all about the monogamy, but I completely accept that other people are not. Thanks, Johnny. Totally hear you on that. And it reminds me of something we said so long ago on one of our very first episodes of Homo Sapiens about someone saying, you're either the sort of person who has threesomes or doesn't. And I think some people just aren't that the sort of multi-people relationship. Some people aren't just built for it. Me personally, I'm not built for it. I would find it too stressful and it's too... Uh, too many moving parts, I think. I think I like the safety and refuge of monogamy for me personally, and that works for like me and my husband. But, you know, maybe I would have ended up with someone else in a different life and we would have done something else. Nothing should be off limits or the worst version. I think that's what I think is important. No, no one is doing it better. As long as you're doing your version, I think you're doing it right. Got an email here as well. Richard in Newcastle. I honestly think as long as all parties are happy in a relationship, then that's all that really matters. I don't think monogamy or lack of it is necessarily a straight or queer concept, though. Good point, Richard. I'm sure there are open relationships that do work in both straight and queer couples. I think relationships are about getting what you both want out of it. And if that is adapting the conventional idea of a relationship, so be it. Myself and my boyfriend of 10 years have never been that interested in marriage. It's just a lot of organisation, isn't it? It really is. I mean, just the table plan alone. But we have always liked the symbol of wedding rings. So a few weeks ago, we went to Edinburgh and made our own wedding, non-wedding rings. We've adapted the concept of marriage to suit us. Yes, I love that. And we wear rings to show the commitment to each other. That's so lovely and great. And such a lovely example of taking, what is this convention? How does it work for me? And doing your own version that makes just you and the other people or person in the relationship happy. What a lovely one to end on. Thank you, Rich. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good. Now, I think we should phone a friend about this, don't you? 
Rosie Wilby, a multi-award winning gay comedian, been on BBC Radio 4 programmes many times, like Woman's Hour and Loose Ends. Her stand-up is always about love and relationships, and she recently wrote a book called Is Monogamy Dead? So I think we should call Rosie. Hello. Rosie Wilby. Hello, Chris. I come to you with a question that you have to give the definitive answer on. Is monogamy an outdated idea, Rosie? Well, maybe if I just backtrack a tiny bit, nearly 10 years ago now, I was touring a comedy show called The Science of Sex, which Mm. was a sort of spoofy lecture about the psychology behind our attraction and sexual orientation. And it was a kind of queer and subversive science lesson, the kind that we'd always wanted to have at school. And when it came to following that show up, and I was writing the new show and the book that became Is Monogamy Dead, I had just been dumped by email, which at the time seemed very rude. I know, although I did joke that I felt much better after I'd corrected her spelling. (laughs) (laughs) It's the small wins. I know. But what I realised was that me and many of my lesbian friends were all sort of breaking up every few years and Mm. we were caught in this kind of cycle of serial monogamy. And even though we often stayed friends with exes, because let's face it, lesbian community is small and sometimes there's nobody else to be friends with. (laughs) (laughs) I thought despite that, it seemed a kind of wasteful way of going about relationships. It seemed a bit exhausting and draining financially and emotionally. <laughs> and on the other hand, well, yeah, it's a lot of dinners. It's a lot of dinners. Well, uh, you know, but say, for example, if you bought a house with somebody. Um, oh, I see. I thought you meant dating. <laughs> but, you know, I thought on the other hand, I could see that many of our gay male friends were uh, experimenting with sort of more open relationships and Mm. in many cases sustaining like these really rich, deep, committed primary partnerships for much longer. And you actually see in the divorce statistics, gay men get divorced so much less frequently than lesbians. Mm. And so I think it's kind of interesting and shows that maybe a more sort of open approach to sex and relationships can be a good idea obviously you can take things too far but Mm. i think it places you know less of a burden on one person and what's i think really interesting is these ideas about open relationships and thinking slightly outside of the box around monogamy are ideas that seem really edgy and new in the wider straight world but actually they've been going on in the queer community for years and years and years and i think we're sort of pioneers in a way of new ways of thinking about relationships because if you're an outsider already it's less of a leap to think about love in a different way and think beyond those assumed norms and you know even the lesbians and doing our serial monogamy we're sort of pioneering or were pioneering many decades ago a sort of conscious uncoupling long before Gwyneth Paltrow made that phrase very famous (laughs) and we've You know, in our community, we've also pioneered ideas like friends as family and living apart together and and all of these buzz phrases that you now see being used in the wider straight media and kind of glossy women's magazines and stuff like that. Mm. So to sort of come back to your question about is monogamy dead, I think people are really reconsidering it, reevaluating it. And I think that can only be a good thing because I think you can have a happy monogamous partnership. And I'm actually monogamous now after really questioning it and thinking, does this really 
work is it you know fit for purpose in in our modern age Mm. um but i think you can have a monogamous relationship if you actually talk and you really need to talk and i think the problem with a sort of more toxic form of monogamy that i had seen be really prevalent was that it there were too many assumptions and secrets and i did a survey for my comedy show asking what counts as cheating and everyone's got a different feeling on it is it Mm. to do with what your partner actually does or is it to do with what your partner feels some people are okay with their partner snogging other people as long as they don't fall in love i mean how you control that (laughs) i don't know but um I, i think we've all got very different individual boundaries around this stuff so i think communication is really key we've all got answers for ourselves but i don't think there's a universal answer for everybody yes and i think it's about being on the same page about what your expectations are of this thing you know and 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 having the courage to share that and you reminded me a second ago when i was talking to um, a therapist because I've had therapy for a long time thank god wise wise it's very helpful has it helped well you know um <laughs> but when you said having feelings for other people and some people would consider that betrayal and some people wouldn't <laughs> I was talking about having feelings for other people in a general sense and how I think that's yeah. I, I think that's great personally but she said yes because Chris you're married not dead <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's hysterical and also very true you know you can't the thing that draws you to that person you're with is a active sexual aliveness and uh attraction so why would that get switched off because you're with one person in my humble opinion but like you say it's about finding finding what people want and you've had a very funny statistic that you discovered when you were sort of talking about what inspired your book oh uh when in um in most surveys, about 50% of people confess to cheating. So <laughs> I say to monogamous couples in the audience, so that means if you're not cheating, you better look closely at your partner. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rosie, we also ask our phone of friends to help with Agony Uncle. Would you do me the honour? Oh, gosh, yes. This is from someone, I'm going to keep them anonymous. I'm a 23-year-old queer man living in Toronto, Canada. Growing up, I knew I was queer from a very young age. However, due to my family of predominantly old-fashioned Catholic Italians, I had to learn quite young how to dilute my queerness in order to be palatable at home and at family functions. I am very close to my grandmother and love her dearly, but to be honest, I don't even know if I'll come out to her. I don't know if she could process it. That is the sort of situation at home. The problem is, I am now in drama school and having trouble being unapologetic myself and thus unapologetically queer. There is a certain reckless abandon that my peers have in conversation and rehearsal rooms that I am struggling to ease into. I had been reducing my whole self to be so masculine and macho around my family and often homophobic co-workers for so long that I feel like I lost my genuine sense of self. There is a certain shame and anxiety that surrounds that part of me still. I think I have a great deal of internalised homophobia. Mm. do you have experience with this does it get easier with age i am scared it will begin to impact me and my career irreversibly in the future over to you rosie well i i do know a number of queer people who have suffered with internalized homophobia perhaps because when they were first coming out their families weren't completely accepting of them what i would say is that i'm you know i'm cracking on a bit now and so you know most of my friends we're all sort of in our in our mid-40s and 
by our age, most of us have started to accept ourselves for good and bad, and our families have started to accept us too. But mm. certainly a number of people I know, it's been one heck of a journey, but I, I promise it does get better and you will get there in the end. If you make good friends mm. in the queer community, that is really, really important. And obviously, Chris, you mentioned therapy and that can be helpful yeah. if if you feel you need someone to really listen and and guide you and, and help you sort of through what can be a very painful process. But it, it does it does all work out in the end, I promise. Very wise words. And um therapy is really useful and you can it, um this person is in toronto but uh in the uk as well you know you can access therapy services that are more inexpensive if you speak, speak to a gp about it i think it's really useful and also i think what i'm getting when i read this is you're 23 and you've got your whole life ahead of you and it often doesn't feel like that at 23 but you've come on leaps and bounds by even identifying that these things are going on for you because I didn't mm. know any of this stuff was going on in my head until I first ever sat down with a therapist aged 28 and then for three years I said I didn't want to talk about being gay so she had to sit that out um, while I eventually came around to the concept <laughs> and you know I said I'm fine about it I don't need to talk about it so as Rosie says, find some great mates, support each other, a bit of patience, but it will get better. And it's really hard what you're doing. Being, you know, certain reckless abandon in drama school. I mean, that's the hardest thing in the world to just switch that on. And it takes a <laughs> lifetime to work that out. And no one ever finds the, you know, you never feel like you've arrived. You just get better at it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's true. Gosh, mm. it's an ongoing puzzle, isn't it? This life. <laughs> isn't it? But it's brilliant. Rosie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. And Oh, um, thank you. Anyone listening who wants some sage words, go to your podcast provider search the breakup monologues you'll hear more of rosie's wisdom we talk about breakups and recovering from them <laughs> stay in touch keep us updated on everything you do and loads of love lovely to speak to you ah uh, what a pleasure chatting to rosie blesses be upon her now let's change the subject let's have a look at culture club lots of people watching the crown the Morning Show on Apple TV. Now, that's coming back for a second series as well. The Morning Show is brilliant. If anyone has not seen it, have a look at it. Jennifer Aniston doing something completely new, very exciting. Um, people are obsessed with Mo Farah on I'm a Celebrity. Loving it in the castle, actually. Feels just as good. It's kind of more spectacular. Lots of people watching The Queen's Gambit. Um, Parasite, amazing film. That's Trish who's been watching that. And what have you been reading? Oh, you've, some of you have been reading Troy by Stephen Fry. Lovely previous guest. Go listen. Uh, no Shame by Tom Allen. Well, we'll be chatting to Tom Allen sometime in the future, everybody. Great book. That man is so honest. You've got to read that book. It's brilliant. Previous guest, David Sedaris. Maison de Peter has been reading The Best of Me by David Sedaris. That man is so funny. Trish Norton has been reading The Thursday Murder Club, which is a book that seems to be gripping the nation by Richard Osmond. I think it sold something like half a million copies, which apparently is like incredible. So I want to read that. It's the synopsis. It's about um, some people who I think they're in an old people's home and that every Thursday they try and solve an unsolved murder, a cold case, and then someone gets murdered in the old people's home and they have to sell, solve it. It's such a brilliant idea, isn't it? Uh, Steven Spielberg has bought the rights to make it into, I suppose, a film, maybe a TV show, don't know. Togsvig's Almanac by Sandy Togsvig. 
Still haven't had her on the show. Toxic Watch is... We wrote her another postcard, I think. Still don't get back. We'll get her one day. Don't you worry, listeners. What have you been listening to? Naomi, Perfume Genius. Ugh. George Walker's been listening to Perfume Genius. Without you, it's the perfect ode to shitty lockdown. Okay, great. Looking that up. KM747, Bright Light, Bright Light has great boppers. Bright Light, Bright Light. And my one of my old friends, Rod Thomas, is Bright Light, Bright Light. That boy is such a talent. Go have a listen to his music. Um, Kylie Disco's still coming through. I have been listening to Roshi Murphy's new album, Disco. It's a disco album. Uh, so good. And also Lou Hater. Lou not hater like oh i hate her it's lou l-o-u and then h-a-y-t-e-r she has got a song called private sunshine and it's so good and also i discovered this week oh you're gonna love this a singer called tropics they've done a song called rapture which is brilliant have a listen to that now food i made minestrone this week does that sound familiar listeners i'm a little repetitive at at the moment with my food with my lockdown food but it was delicious. So, you know, if it ain't broke, you've all been making spag bol, which is nice. Jim Jong-il has been making spag bol. Jojo Matthews been making vegan chicken pie and she's given us the recipe. Hey there, Chris and Alan. Here is my vegan chicken pie recipe as requested. It's really simple. This is for a pie for around four hungry people. I usually make a big one and then eat it for lunch the next day. It's always better the next day as well. We're going to put it on socials for you, everybody. So I'll post that so you've got it. Lots of you have been eating chicken soup. A lot of you have been eating apple crumble, getting into the winter warmers, basically. Thank you for all of those, everyone. I love you. Basically, just enable me to fill up my week of what to watch and read. It's so helpful. Thank you so much for sending all those in. I haven't got time to do a review of a t-shirt giveaway, but if you do want to win a t-shirt, remember to keep going to Apple Podcasts and give us a review or write a review and you could win a t-shirt when I pick review of the week or just go and give us a five-star rating because that really helps. And then, you know, we keep the queer gospel going. Our topic of the week next time is money. Is it harder to stay on top of your finances if you're LGBTQ plus? Now, very interesting stats around this. A 2018 survey by Experian said that 44% of LGBTQ plus people say they struggle to maintain adequate savings versus 38% of the general population. In the same survey, survey, 69% of LGBTQ plus people reported using credit cards to buy needed items. By the way, just so everybody knows, needed items does not mean cashmere and ESOP. And thirdly, a significant majority, 62% of LGBTQ plus respondents to the survey, reported having experienced financial challenges because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Which leads me to ask for your stories, people, about money. Have you suffered financial... Ridley, not now. We're talking money. Have you suffered financial challenges because of your sexual orientation or gender identity, which could be discrimination at work or, you know, living near thriving LGBTQ plus communities means you end up often living in the most expensive parts of the country. And that can be a real toll on your finances also anecdotally. But, you know, it's worth discussing the idea of being, you know, queer and fabulous but um and putting up a facade of needing to 
perceive your life as being fabulous in a certain way have you felt that you've fallen into that trap and you have actually got yourself into money troubles as a result have you felt that you've been supported if you have had money issues have people who have helped you understood the specifics of being lgbtq plus and having money issues so many interesting angles here money is such a taboo that we don't talk about and i really want to open up the conversation from a queer perspective and on this topic phone a friend next time will be um the brilliant alex holder who has written a book called Open Up, The Power of Talking About Money. She talks about how money is the last taboo. Um, it's such a brilliant book. And we're going to talk to her about all the things that you guys write in about. And I'm really looking forward to it. So topic of the week next time, is it harder to stay on top of your finances if you're LGBTQ+. We want to hear from you. Write to us, hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Hit us up in the DMs on instagram at homo sapiens and please send your voice notes we love 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 your voice notes it's been so brilliant listening hearing your voices having a conversation together it's been great next week we've got a bloody spice girl on the show it's mel c she chatted to me and alan it's such a funny episode she is love and light tells the funniest story about jerry halliwell stealing something that's all i'm gonna say but mel is amazing she does loads of things with sink the pink these days who are an amazing drag troupe so they had a bit of a like queer reinvention she's been playing prides all over the world it's so lovely to chat to her and talk to her and she's so honest about all of all of the crazy things she went through being a spice girl love her so that rounds it up for the week oh la la I've got, I've got to go to the dentist now. Honestly, it's a laugh a minute in lockdown, isn't it? That's actually an outing for me. I'm quite excited. It'd be quite nice to talk to someone else. Please get in touch. Send us your emails, your comments. We want your recipes. Send us whatever you like. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Oh, and agony uncle questions. Bien sûr, of course. Or go to at homosapiens on Instagram or at homosapienspodcast on Facebook. And that's it for this week. It's been a pleasure. What a great chat about monogamy. Much to chew over there. Thank you so much for sending in all your voice notes and all your emails. It is so lovely to hear from you every time. All right, listeners, take care and loads of love. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.